Jenko, happy Friday. How are you? You there? Yeah, I'm. Am I connected, man? Yeah, yeah. I'm here. Right. You're connected. How are you? Happy good. Friday. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm sitting having lunch outside, enjoying an arugula and prosciutto pizza. I thought that was a uh, like a soundboard of crickets. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 my ambient noise for the That's day. Cool. We have some cool folks in the in the audience. We don't have much planned. We had a short show planned um, today. So if somebody has something, come up. But otherwise, we're kind of thinking through topics for next week, really, and have some more scheduled kind of guests and appearances. You know, we have the legendary Nier in the house who did that amazing thread on the response from Yuga. I'm happy to break that down with you, Nir, if you want to come up and talk. Even if it's short, that'd be helpful. We'll clip it up, and, and it's good. It's a good resource for fee- for folks, if they have time. Um, the thread was pretty self-explanatory, too. We'll have to find out if X-Lawyer has lost everything <laughs> at the tables. <laughs> I don't know, man. Degen that he, he is. He texted about a couple of cases that are happening. Nothing very Web three specific. Some IP and some sports stuff. But um, it's really up to you if you want to um, push through and, and try and have somebody come up, or kind of just like <laughs> scan through the papers and have conversations about it. Or I'm thinking we start up. Monday. Well, it is episode sixty nine. It is episode sixty nine. So that's an epic. Oh, that's perfect. Epic. Did we really start counting at the right time, though? I have no (laughs) idea. We did not count from day one. We did not count from day one. So I I sort of did a backtrack and rough estimation. And I think we're at episode 69. (laughs) So the big news is Warner Brothers, Reddit, um, some other big names kind of shaping things. Um, That's kind of what the discourse has been about. Um, I saw that some of our friends have tried to mint this Warner Brothers thing. Are you trying to mint this thing? No, no. I, I mean, yeah, that I think it was bird Knowles or somebody in the back. Um, he got me thinking about it, but I'm not, I'm not rushing to do it just yet. Are you jumping in this blur thing? I claimed with one wallet. I'm not claiming with 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 the meaningful wallets. Um, I don't really have access to a lot of those. And to be honest, it was a six month time window. the The majority of my trades were. I, I kind of shifted away from active trading to the degree that I was probably before that window. Um, I got, I don't know, a handful of some boxes, but uh, not some of the numbers that some of my friends, some of our friends were getting in the, in the hundreds, though. I got a couple dozen boxes. Yeah, because the mystery with this thing is, is this going to be something that everyone's going to be kicking themselves that they did not claim, kind of like when you had the opportunity to register an ENS domain and you slept on it and then you missed the token drop? Sure. 
that's kind of the the game. At first, it was an airdrop, and then it was an an airdrop, but you had to claim it by listing something on the platform. And now it's you have to claim it by listing something, and there's a delayed game around what the hell it even is. So it, I'm seeing a, a sophisticated evolution of the gamesmanship kind of being produced by the company for the consumers to engage in. But I don't, I don't know if that's any indication of any long-term or real value or, or, or any of that. So I, it's kind of cool that they're extending it to kind of keep the attention on this platform um, for an extended period of time as opposed to like the SOS was kind of the same thing. They piggybacked on OpenSea activity, but you claim it, you got it, and you can dump it. And then like 20, 24 hours later, there was no one's talking about SOS or at least it was a fraction of what it was um, at claim time. Yeah, we all have those moments in our wallet um, where you held it way too long. And <laughs> Is this going to be the, zero. the new ENS? I don't, I don't know, Carlo. So I hope it's a box. Of dirt. <laughs> I just hope it's a box that reveals and it's a big pile. That's of dirt. what the beans with Azuki were. And they, they even turned into three, four, ETH, four and a half ETH at some points. So I just, um, I like the, I don't care. I don't know the details about Blur. I don't have a position, but I really like the environment where you can leapfrog on some other businesses, audience or consumers. And like, imagine if you were opening a, a, a coffee shop and you could send free coupons directly to everyone who was in the Starbucks rewards. And that's kind of theoretically a very good thing for consumers and for the market competition and increasing services quality, theoretically, but I don't know how it plays out. But then when we talk about the your, mass adoption comes when people don't know they're interacting with, with NFTs. Cool. Then they ha- then it has to be like a flow centralized blockchain. Then, because if you don't know you have NFTs, you don't you're not taking prudent steps on self custody or self sovereignty. If you don't know you have an NFT, do you understand the tradability of it, et cetera, et cetera? So I think it will be more gated ecosystems for those types of nfts that folks hold and they don't even know it or self-custody is too difficult like it Farouk asked a good question like what does mass adoption look like and i really think if that's what mass adoption looks like then it, it looks a lot different from a lot of the core values that we talk about every single day um but i and in those instances the big benefit of leapfrogging a company's by, by like uh, leveraging a different co- competitor's audience, that kind of goes away. Because if Warner Brothers has a gated type blockchain or people are, are going to the movies or IMAX and they don't even know it's an NFT, is it open enough for a competitor to come in and do this move? So I, I feel like there's a strategy for, on the corporate, on the seller side to kind of whittle away the balance of corporate versus customer here and whittle away at the, at the customer's power of transparency, self-custody, 
um, airdrops and competition, like, like NFTs take away corporate moats that often are a detriment to the quality of services. And I think that they can kind of play both sides and thread the needle and like erode the consumer's powers and kind of maximize the blockchain for their own. So I, I don't know. I, I thought a lot about that today. So they're not fully formed thoughts, but those two things together may give poor results. I don't know. Well, Albert's in the house. Thank you for coming up to speak, Albert. I hope things are well with you. How are you, hey. man? Uh, I can't complain. Just found out I passed the bar. Yesterday. Very cool. Um, Outstanding. I was just going to come up to give a few comments and ask a question. Um, along with what Ray was saying, I will. I do think that, like, well, like Nifty Gateway and um, like Reddit with their new NFTs do, where basically they custody the wallet for you. I think that's like at least very good for onboarding people, so you don't have to really worry about. Not really worry about it, but for a new person, it's a little off-putting to have to have a MetaMask and all that. So I feel like it's just a baby step for onboarding people because it's a little less intensive for them. But um, moving on, I was going to talk about Blur. Two things. Um, the one thing I, about the distribution or whatever, like the, the way it is, is you claim the boxes, and then you have to like, based on how much you trade between now and January, using Blur and subject to a few like. Uh, rules, I guess, you will accrue points and stuff, and that's going to be determinative of what Airdrop 2 is. And my understanding, at least like from reading what like smart people are saying on Twitter, like Alex quit, um, they're saying that like the, our Airdrop 2 is going to be where the real value is at, but I mean, I have no idea. And I could definitely still see this that we are claiming now still having value. But my final thing I was just going to say was about like, a question. Um, what, what really bothers me about Blur is what just happened recently with Beanie Maxi. And now there's, I don't know how closely people are following it, but it's just very weird. And I don't really know how the law works with that. But people are saying that he basically didn't disclose that he was an investor in the early round and all these other people involved, like, didn't know that that was the issue or they didn't know that he was involved, excuse me. So like he used like a shell entity or something. Like, I'm just curious from lawyers, like, is that something that can be done? Like, it seems to me, my point is, it seems to me like Beanie, they had to know he was involved. And that, to me, that's weird. Like, why would you lie about it, whether you like Beanie or not? That's kind of weird. And that's what makes, that's what's off-putting for me about Blur. And I'm on a walk right now, so I'm out of breath. But that was all I really wanted to say. <laughs> well, congratulations on the bar. What, what, what bar did you pass? Where are you going to be licensed, Albert? Uh, I just got licensed. Well, I, I, I passed the bar in New York, and I am, uh, the score is high enough to, like, be valid in any UBE place. My plan right now is to move to Miami, and so I only have to take the Florida-specific part of that one because of how well I did. So, like, I'm I'm really happy. I'm really happy. Let's fucking go, Albert. Congratulations. Great job, Jenko. What do you think about Albert's question? That you're more Without getting you're more into astute. the details of the individual. Um, I, don't, I really don't know the details myself. I just want to yeah. say that up front. But yeah, two things. It would be imprudent for an individual to partake in seed funding rounds to the level that Beanie talked about doing it without having a corporate entity kind of making the investment. So I'm with you. I don't know. I, some of the accusations of like, it was meant to deceive. I don't read just having a corporate entity making the investment as any sort of indication of hiding, et cetera. 
Um, a seed investor doesn't necessarily know who they're co-invested with, but they can before they write the check. And so can the founders, the founders see, you know, there's agents involved, there's, there's broker dealers potentially, but there's kind of this world of middlemen between the check writer and the founding team. And sometimes it's a text message. Hey, I've got this deck. You should jump in and a $7,500,000 check is cut. And sometimes it's like several get to know you meetings, face to face, sit down. So like, it's almost foolish from, from what I've seen public, maybe there's more to kind of speculate on that type of stuff, but you're right to kind of look at regardless of who knew what, like, walking it back like what does that tell you like what's not being said and what information can you glean from that and when it was I don't anything negative or bad an interesting thing that Alpha brought up too about the the incentivized can you hear me yeah go ahead man yeah, an interesting thing that Alpha brought up about the incentivized nature of the potential rewards on this blur drop is this going to be another one of those situations where you're going to have tons and tons of wash trading so people can accumulate reward points? Are there ways to kind of edit that out? I, I heard so of that. If I may, I just like one, the, what I understand it as is like the, it's basically they compare it to how you're listing on other marketplaces. Um, so like if you list for less on blur, you get more favor or more points. Basically, if you list for, higher on blur so as it's like cheaper on OpenSea or something you would get like less like a negative review it's basically like a rating you on the the way you're listing it and then if it's equivalent across the board like OpenSea looks rare you know blur or all the same price then it would just be like still good for you um but i don't really understand how that fixes everything because what if you just only list on blur um and maybe there's other tactics i'm not even really aware of or thinking about so yeah that's just i don't know yeah, I don't think that that's would eliminate everything, but I think that they eat. I saw a tweet that said that they have a mechanism or a way to edit out obvious wash trading, but it, it looks like they just repackaged like a looks rare type incentive or reward for trading and kind of extended it to keep that attention as long to kind of capitalize and leverage on the attention as best they can. But it sounds, yeah, that second wave, it's all a guess, but that second wave is based on the next, uh, uh, what is it, six months, three months, next quarter year of activity, which really is just, you know, repurposing those rewards. Well, if you look at the names on the website of the people that are instrumental in the founding of this, there are some pretty well-respected people in the space. And what I've heard as far as feedback about the UI, it looks pretty elegant it looks pretty high high speed i've seen a lot of compliments about how the platform so that's interesting i mean it, it looks like it could have legs because it looks like it's a more revolutionary sort of a of a more trader based ui platform people were comparing it to the bloomberg terminal i don't really i've never used that but i guess it's just more professional yeah, I was going to chime in on sort of the UI aspect of it. 
And just as a quick aside, I tend to agree Welcome. with what Ray was saying. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I tend to agree with what Ray was saying. That's why we bring you up here, Texas Blockchain. <laughs> always appreciate. Always appreciate y'all letting me have a little bit of the stage. Um, but I definitely agree with what Ray was saying with regard to Beanie investing via uh, an entity. I, I don't see that as necessarily untoward or trying to hide the ball. But just with respect to like the UI and the user experience on Blur, I will say, man, I've, I've just I've used it a couple times. I didn't qualify for the first airdrop, but uh, I love it, man. Um, and I've actually not unbiased. I've been trying to move away from OpenSea as much as I can, just for competition's sake. But the problem I've experienced is that the floor price is always, you know, lowest on OpenSea, and I'm not pranksy, you know, so I'm always looking for the best deal. Um, but with with uh, with Blur, you know, it sort of aggregates everything. So you can kind of take advantage of, you know, the lowest floor price wherever it is. Um, that and the fact that I just, I love the competition. Uh, last thing I'll say is that it seems to be, you know, some other marketplaces are trying to sort of up their game too. I just heard that Rarible is doing something where basically if you buy an NFT through Rarible, and I'm not sure of the exact mechanics here. Um, you can have the entire amount of royalties on the purchase returned to yourself, returned to the buyer in their rarity government's tokens. So interesting concept there. I guess sort of a looks rare model as well. Um, but just main thing is I love the competition. Uh, you know, we all know OpenSea has its issues. Um, and hopefully this will help everyone be a little bit better for the space. Is it still is it still available to connect your wallet? And it sounds like the the, rec, the prerequisites are you got to connect the wallet, sign the authorization, and then list a NFT. Is that is that basically the prereqs? Are you talking about on Blur? Yeah. Yeah. So again, I I didn't qualify. Well, I, I say again, I forget if I said this. I didn't qualify for the first airdrop. Um, and they have a. Why didn't you article. qualify though? I don't know. I guess I'm not as much of a degen as I thought. But uh, the they have a mirror article that talks about how to qualify for the second airdrop. And they sort of talk about, they don't say wash trading, but they say what? Cybal attacking? Cybal attacking? Not exactly sure how you pronounce that. Uh, and just basically trying to um, weed out traders that are trying to game the system with some sort of quote-unquote extensive analysis. They don't go into a lot of detail on it because they say they want to prevent gaming the system. It's definitely interesting. I'm curious to see what the process, I haven't done it yet. It sounds like a lot of people in the space have done it. They've kind of gone with that uh, email or at least that, that Twitter thread that was circulated by uh, quit. So I think if you follow what he's instructing, and again, I'm not giving anybody any advice on how to do this, but it seems like he's looked at it very closely. Lots of people in the space seem to have followed his lead on how to do this. And so far, I, I haven't heard of any major glitches at Eugenko. No, um, no, I haven't heard, but that doesn't mean much of anything. And at some point, like, it's just an evolution of a lot of things. We saw the airdrop. Then we saw fake malicious tokens being airdropped. Then we saw kind of the looks rare model and people gamed it to wash trade. 
So like we're seeing all of these things evolve and, you know, at some point there's going to be a malicious actor that's patient, right? Because like they just need to be more patient than the DGENs. And like for that first hour, people are like, blur, what is it? Who's, who's, who, who did it? And then you check a couple of Twitter accounts that you trust. And like you said, you're like, okay, it's good. What if the bad actor was just kind of waiting? So I, I'm never okay with saying everything, anything's okay. I don't think there's any problem with blur. There's been no indication, but to me, no indication doesn't necessarily mean much until we get that first one, right? Like there's going to be an evolution of the criminal too, with all of this. What's up, Alper? Yeah, Quint, well, Quint has th- in their thread even mentioned like they hadn't reviewed it, like they hadn't been able to see like every single possible uh, risk uh, aspect of it yet. So like basically their advice was they had only connected like really shitty NFTs to for sale because the way it works is it would only be at risk with your like collection you're approving. So if it's like little baby doodle pong to prove for sale. They can only steal that. That's my understanding of it. So I haven't been listing anything particularly valuable to be safe. I just, that's all I was going to say. Which is yeah. easy to do in this market because nothing is particularly valuable at this point. With the exception <laughs> Does that but take care of that prong of Howie? Expectation of profit? Yeah, there's no, there's no <laughs> value here. Um, but the – yeah, those are all – good points and it goes back to the conversation we made we we had about mass adoption and the individual not having to deal with self-custody etc etc and all of these barriers to what end like we already have a digital world and if you don't have self-custody not your keys not your tokens if you don't have the ability to trade because the marketplaces are, are are not efficient if or if the nodes or if the validators are, are centralized, is it worth it? Like what do we what, mass adoption into what just like using the internet to, to move digital things around. We already do that. Like I, I, maybe we miss the whole thing if it evolves that way. Does that make any sense, Carl? Yeah. You know, look, mass adoption is, is, is the catchphrase that everyone's hanging on as to why we haven't hit, um, why we haven't really hit traction in this space the way people thought we would. So everyone falls back to, there's gotta be some kind of a catalyst that's gonna cause mass adoption. If the mass adoption, yeah, if, if it's gated and they don't know they're using it, does it translate to them buying Roberto's or Squiggles or, or anything that we're talking about now? Or is it just a new delivery device for like normal old media. It is probably a normal device for straightforward traditional media. But if it has an element of blockchain attached to it, and we could look at the rewards program that Starbucks is is in beta or is about to go into beta for, I think it takes us one step closer to people at least engaging with blockchain assets. You know, every single iteration of technology, be it websites, be it email, be it e-commerce, all had to start with people being comfortable enough to connect and interact. It was unthinkable 
in the very, very early days for people to connect their credit cards and buy things on the internet. And now look how comfortable we are with it. So is it, is it a smart play to pivot in that way, Jenko, to sort of tease people into the blockchain and, and make them comfortable at certain levels of engagement? And then perhaps that further onboards people who truly appreciate the nuances of the technology? Probably that's a yes. Because go in the direction we've been going with MetaMask and, you know, you, your keys and all the complicated things that we all had to learn in order to buy and sell crypto and trade NFTs is definitely not something the public generally will have patience for. I, I don't disagree at all. Um, but then is this, is any of this worth it? Like, I don't. Well, I guess, it, I guess you have to define what a win looks like for this overall space. Is it worth it if you have mass adoption by, if you have mass adoption from consumers into traditional brands with some flavor of blockchain technology attached to it? Is that a win for the overall ecosystem? There are certain traditionalists and purists who would say that a win is if everyone has an unhosted wallet and controls their keys. And this is definitely not, this is definitely not stuff that's going in that direction. So I guess you have to be clear on what you define as a win for blockchain tech. Well, a win for me is what I'm thinking about. <clears throat> like a win well, I want... for, like, I don't know what the fuck, but, but think about it this way. If I don't want to do the hard work getting over like this rugged terrain, like the Oregon Trail of Web3, just so like the corporate folks can be like okay now we're gonna have gated like so flow can come and take over and i'm like i don't think i can stop that seems to be the inevitable direction and all all we're doing all i'm you know if i spend time onboarding it's to just get more people ready for that corporate takeover is that a am i too pessimistic on a friday you're a corporate shill jenko I'm saying I feel like I don't want to end up. You said what's a win, and I'm saying, well, this would be a loss if two years from now I look back and I'm like, oh, all we did was like onboard a bunch of people who now get their flow NFL t, t like who now like are just buying old media in a different format and don't even know it, and none of these core values have translated, and it's meta and flow. And the NFL just and, and, and Time Warner just coming in and being like, OK, thanks. We're, we've got this now. You well, know? I know Ruben wants to come up and speak and we let him in. And Please. Betting that the ex-lawyer is probably hitting his head against the wall, wanting to comment on this, if I had to guess. I hope I'm making sense. Ruben, join yeah, the no, comment. What's up, Ruben? What do you think? So I have a proposal for a, uh, a definition of what will win here. And then I also have um, a posit for a potential path we might see unfold. Um, the proposal is uh, an expansion of individual agency to the extent that agency does not impinge upon the agency or freedoms of others. That's that's the first part. Second part, in terms of like how that might manifest, uh, you know, I look to. Technologies in the past where a uh, large set of centralized interests have come in and said, all right, everybody, come over here. We're going to 
we're going to mine some gold over in, in California, the other side of the country, right? And then a bunch of people came over. And then uh, a couple of generations later, uh, you know, people might not have been on board with the particular organization that got them there, but um, they're here now, right? Uh, and, I, and I guess I, this terrible analogy, but if, if you look at the, um, <laughs> to be fair, uh, but you, you, sort of, you see where I'm going, right? The, the broader narrative. Uh, and, and, I, and I feel as though, um, uh, if you zoom out a little bit, the, the common theme here is we're going from powerful proprietary platforms, right? Which have like um, closed data systems upon which they can build vertical technology stacks. And as soon as you open those databases, that vertical technology stack, as a function of what it is and what it's for, becomes a horizontal technology stack, right? Where anybody can turn up and say, well, you know what? I don't really like this interface. I'm not really feeling this sort of, um, you know, the front end. I'm, but guess what? That the data is open, right? If the standard ain't open, it ain't your token, uh, right? But like, you know what? I'm going to build my own front end for this, right? And so... Um, the, the the interface becomes sort of modular, granular, and we're seeing this with uh, technologies like DIDs, decentralized identities. We're seeing this with technologies like ERC seven twenty one and ERC eleven fifty five. Does that go mainstream though, or are we getting more niche? We're like away from that. I'm Do saying you think that, that that if... goes mainstream. That that really is the inevitable, or oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And I, and I, and I, I say, I don't disagree. I hope you're right, but I just feel like a lot of the conversations we're having and we're hearing and the way people are acting and the way that new projects are evolving, it doesn't necessarily flow toward that. I don't know. Would it be fair? Well, to the, notion, the notion used to be, Ruben, that NFTs would be the Trojan horse for mass adoption and that even the brands, even the brands are sort of being trojan horsed into blockchain because they see it as the shiny object and the next marketing iteration or the next technological pivot but even in the end i think we can still call it a win if they're adopting this technology if the technology isn't open which i'm saying we're leading to a to a, a world where it won't be although blur is is leapfrogging on open seas consumers i'm saying in a general sense we're going away from that ability with closed blockchains and kind of more corporate run validate like then we're away from that i i i don't know there's two different kind of divergent paths and it seems my indicators are my my analysis of indications going one way i guess ray i got a question for you how much money do you think how how much money do you think aol online or msn.com spent getting people on the internet. I don't know. Oh, just in they all said those CDs they mailed just out. In all those, just in post service, just in post, postal stamps mailing out all those CDs. I don't know, man. What's what's take me to the point? Well, I mean, I, I would argue that it's a non-zero amount. Um, and to the extent that had any efficacy whatsoever, and, you know, to the extent that I don't know. I see a lot of people on the internet. I don't see a lot of people on AOLonline.com. Um, that feels like a win to me. That's cool. I like where no, you're going right. with that. I, like I don't know if that's that an analogy. That I don't know if that's an analogy that works. If the if a if a premise of this conversation is mass adoption looks like when people don't know they're interacting with NFTs, 
that's become something that some super smart people said. And now a lot of people are copying. And I think it's gotten bastardized because if they don't know they're interacting with NFTs, they don't get off of the AOL and go to the better system. It's not an open internet if they're just okay. on flow. Okay. Does that I, make sense? I can appreciate that. All right. That's where my head's going, that they're going to be so trapped that it's like, we're done. And no one's – a win would be if people care about squiggles in my head. Like if, if the normal NFT holder is like, yeah, that's this cool thing. It started this whole thing. But mass adoption where people don't know they have an, NS, an NFT isn't appealing to me. So I don't, I don't know if evolve? that's a win. I'd rather evolve? stay not mass and just be a cool group of people who meet at 1230. Ruben, what's no, Ruben. Okay, so I appreciate that. Um, I guess to, to possibly extend the analogy beyond its usefulness, um, the question that I ask is, um, why, did, why, did, why are we still not on AOL Online? Why are we still not on MCN.com? To me, to me, it's not because um, there was like this small sort of hardcore group that sort of led the charge and said, all right, everybody, come over here. The, the, you, you sort of, you know, you got to step one. Let's let's get to step two and three. Uh, it was simply that Google was better. It, it was just better. It was so much better too, right? Uh, and I feel like, you know, the powerful proprietary platforms, um, to the extent that they stand to benefit from uh, like the moat strategy, right? By creating um, defensibility around their database, which is powerful because only they have access to it. The reason that technology stack is vertical is because they can build on top of it and nobody else can because nobody has access to the underlying data. However, in an environment where... In an environment you're... where it's open, I agree. Right. My question is, in a year, are we going to be more open or more closed? This is the open metaverse versus meta conversation. And the question of who's going to onboard more people, 6526 or Zuckerberg? And then, but is that the goal or to build the product in a way where it is open so you can do these things and it becomes a horizontal stack? Why can't so it I don't be disagree. both? I want to I hear from Alpert. He's got his hand up, but why can't it, it just be not, both? It certainly can. It's just not going to be because they're not treating it. Like if I was in charge, but if, if I had the power to kind of shape it, but I don't think those... I don't think it lands there. Go ahead, Albert. Um, yeah, so I can't answer that main question. I think I have to think on it more. But I was just going to say with regard to the squiggles, like just an open question because I don't know the answer myself. But like what is uh, – I would compare squiggles more to art than a brand. And then I would say what made like Picasso or Van Gogh, whoever, what made them famous when they started their career? I don't even know. But like – they weren't necessarily the mainstream. It wasn't because the mainstream people loved them or something else. And like, I feel like squiggles would just go down as one of the most iconic, like first generative piece from art blocks and all that. And just, I, I don't know. I feel like the iconic nature to it is what would bring the value, but I don't know if I'm making sense. No, that makes perfect sense. The example was used really just to point out, I'm really coming to form the opinion I only want mass adoption if people know that they have an NFT and know what it is and understand the history of it. And I think that would entail knowing what a squiggle is. That's kind that's of the why point. People have got to, that's why people have got to jump onto these Twitter spaces and they've got to understand the culture of what's going on here. 
And I think that takes a slow boil because I've heard Farouk talk about this too. He talked about this yesterday, very brilliantly broke down why he thinks that Web3 decentralized media is winning right now. And that's because it is the newest iteration of a, a community conversation. And, you know, you're going to see people gravitate as they start to see this take on and get traction. You're going to see people gravitate to this decentralized way of communicating on these Twitter spaces, talking about this technology, because they're going to see this as the next opportunity to have a voice and to be heard. And that may be the, the, the catalyst for that mass adoption in the pure sense that you're looking for, Jenko. Ruben, you yeah. got a hand Okay, call me a pessimist. I can't think of a lot of times where people have done what they've got to do, right? Like, we can't even get them to take vaccines, right? <laughs> like, post-polio, post-polio, there's a significant chunk of folks that we can't get to take vaccines. Now, now, uh, in, in defense of um, uh, optimism, right, uh, I look towards the network effect. Uh, I look, in fact, I look to Metcalf's Law, which which is more of a suggestion, right? And also no relation. We got the same last name, but different Metcalf. Um, the Metcalf's Law states that the value of a network is proportional to the number of nodes in the network. Right. So that the more more fax machines are there, uh, there are uh, the more value there are fax machines. Um, and so one might look at that and say, okay, well, Meta's going to bring in their money, and they're going to bring all these other people coming in after them, right? The reason that we can, that, that Meta has like this hegemony in the first place, by the way, is that well, you could clone the entire stack of Facebook, and you still don't have the people, right? And so that's how they sort of keep that stickiness. And I can appreciate that. However, um, in an environment where they're like closed stack versus open stack, right, or vertical stack versus horizontal stack. Um, you've got two different camps. You've got one camp, which is building stuff by and for themselves, uh, you know, in pursuit of shareholder value. And you've got another group that are building um, f fundamentally on top of everything for everything for anybody who has, who touches any part of that. And to me, there's greater leverage in open stack. Um, the individual incentives aren't there um, to be blunt, uh, but I, I do believe it'll it'll win out over time. What do you think about that? I no, you you speak very intelligently and persuasively, and I agree from an optimistic point of view. But the network effect and 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 that you spoke about to me fundamentally supposes that the participants, the nodes, know they're participating. And if we're going, if the consensus is we all want mass adoption, but we're forgetting the why, especially if we're like, okay, that's going to look like when people don't know they're interacting with it, which I kind of agree that's where we're going. And those people with the levers of commerce can push it that way. And it's probably best for them. Then the nodes, the people using it, are, are the network effect kind of goes inward toward that closed, like Top Shots had a great network effect. And maybe they spilled over to Ethereum, a lot of things in the world kind of lined up for that. But I don't know if that's the only way to kind of create, that was their first kind of attempt. I think you can become very sophisticated on the sell side and capture an audience 
especially if the people who are here now are rooting for this mass adoption of ignorance. So I'm, I'm just really thinking of that through, Carlo. Let's look at it from a very rudimentary analogy. Let's say that grandma sees her grandchildren on Facebook and grandma gets a Facebook account, not understanding the full breadth of the implications of what she's doing, that she's being engagement farmed, that her geolocations are being tracked, that her, her browsing history is being monitored and she's being pushed ads for things that she's talking about on her phone and looking at. But she's just purely there because she wants to share pictures of her grandchildren. She's onboarded. She's onboarded in a very latent way. But ultimately, that's mass adoption. And maybe grandma learns down the road as she continues to use the technology that, yeah, this thing is engagement farming me. This thing is, is, is curating content to me in a way that's very latent that I never knew or understood. Is that a win? I mean, are you onboarded in a way that you ultimately grow to understand the value of the technology? No, you're onboarded as a, as a user, as a commodity, as a customer. And that's, that's I, I think you're probably right. That's probably a lot of people, that's, that's, that's a Trojan horse that the corporations can use to kind of stop this self-custody, self-ownership stuff. I'm of the mind that it wouldn't work out that way, but I want to hear what X says. Thank yeah, you we successfully me. lured him off, so that was mission accomplished. <laughs> GM, so uh, I think Carlo just hit why I believe in the long run we will see um, a decentralized future. So Grandma signs up for Facebook because that's where her grandkids are. And she wants to see their pictures. But then her grandkids go to Instagram. And now she's got to sign up for Instagram. And she's like, oh, God, another password. And let's actually just use my mom as the example, who is 74 years old and wants to see pictures of her grandkids. So she has to sign up for Instagram. So she has to call me and figure out, all right, well, how do I do this? And then I didn't do this, but some people did. Then they moved to TikTok and then they moved to something else and something else and something else. Right. So the, the most important question for all of this is why. And I think that when it comes to the fun part of the tech, because I think that there is a, a very serious part of the tech about real property records, et cetera. But for the fun part of the tech, that the answer is, a transportable digital identity is the why that will drive adoption in a decentralized manner. Because if you, you know, raise right, if you have a, a chain that is kind of a corporate chain, there are no benefits to that, to being on that chain, as opposed to being on Facebook. They're basically the same thing, just different technology, but the same outcome. So I think that transportable digital identity and using uh, something like a wallet to sign in across can, we lose you? can you hear me now we can uh, we're back. back we're back yeah sorry so i think that 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 transportable digital identity and the the ability to have single sign on across multiple new applications using something like a wallet is ultimately is what's going to drive 
uh, a decentralized future. It's what I hope drives it. Would you recommend to your corporate client who has Budweiser, Frito-Lay, Pepsi-Cola type audience to build open or build closed and put your customers and take the advantages of blockchain technology speed and, and cost efficiency and take your customers rewards program, Starbucks reward as a, as a put it on Matic or, or whatever, or put it on a closed system. I was shocked that Starbucks did it the way they did. I hope others take suit, but would you, do you see the benefits of that? Like, because the interoperability of the digital identity requires openness of those pillars, right? They'd have to allow you to transfer. And in the gaming world, that's a better analogy than social media because social media, you had, your grandma doesn't need to get a new computer every time she goes from one social media to the next. But this gaming world gave the indication that they're not excited about interoperability of digital identities. So I want your world, but wouldn't it require the, the corporations to allow it? Yeah, so it does. Um, but I think that it's so cliched, and I hate saying it, but we're really early, right? I think that when consumers... Are we too early? We're, we're super. We're we're super early to see the true outcome of what's going to happen. Um, I think that when consumers realize what is possible in one circumstance versus another circumstance, and they might not understand the words or the whys, but they they know that if I have this one identity, I can use it on you know fifty different websites and networks, etc. And this other identity, I can only use in one place. I think that. Um, they're going to push that. I, I want to be able to, to transport this identity to multiple places. And so your question to me isn't really a legal question. It's, it's a business question. And I think that that will ultimately be driven by um, consumer demand and consumer demand is ultimately going to be shaped by what's happening right now. Um, if we can make strong inroads into that uh you know, cross application use of a single identity today, then that will feed more consumers to demand that, which will ultimately lead to that corporate client that you're talking about making the decision that, okay, well, this isn't the best way for us to, you know, maybe, maybe it's not our, our number one choice, but this is where the consumers are. So we will cater to the consumers. I appreciate that. And I'm probably, objectionable like being argumentative but i just want to make one more point i go back to if the folks do not know that they're using an nft will they know to demand interoperability i think an ignorant marketplace is not the mass adoption that we want maybe a slow and educated one might get us there quicker but go on yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that this whole people don't use, know that they're using NFTs thing is I think that's kind of stupid. Um, I, oh, I agree with okay, you. Okay, then we're on the same point. Yeah, no, I, I, I think. And that some people... of the smartest people have said that to me, and this is more like the last seventy-two hours. I'm really contemplating, this. so, so I'm still I, forming it in my head. Yeah, I, I don't think that. I don't think the intent there is that people don't know that they're using NFTs. I think the intent there is that the um, UI and UX is so good that it's not a pain for people to use. Um, I and so, 
like how we get there, I'm not really sure. I haven't put a ton of thought into it, but I think that that's really what they mean. Not not like people don't know that they're using a new technology. It's, it's you know, that's that's my thoughts. Okay, Ruben, you got a hand up. What do you think? Hey, quick survey of the room. Um, how many people in the room have used more than 17 uh, JSON objects in the last 13 years? Anyone? Okay. Oh, does anybody not know what? Yeah, thank you. I'm going to guess. The what now? I had a professor, he said. The what now? (laughs) Oh, I'm (laughs) glad you asked. So He said, the what now? Go ahead, Rufin. I'm glad you asked. So so, so let's take a look at the screen uh, uh, that you're currently looking at the internet interwebs on. You'll notice that there's a bunch of little circles, right? And inside each of those circles is a picture. And each of those pictures, right, um, the computer or the, the mobile device knows where to put that because of what is known as JSON objects, right? And so a JSON object is uh, a little thing, a piece of code that has, it says start JSON object, and then it has variable value, variable value, variable value in JSON object. And so in the case of these little pictures, it might say height equals X and width equals Y. And, you know, picture equals insert picture location, blah, 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 right? Here's the thing, NFTs, are JSON objects. I'm not saying they're like JSON objects. I'm saying they are JSON objects. The only difference is, is they sit upon a um, distributed techno- uh, distributed ledger, which means that unlike regular JSON objects where I can change my JSON object and nobody can stop me from doing that, if I try to do that on a blockchain, I have to get all the other nodes in the network to agree with me. Otherwise, I basically fork the chain and my my own hanging out over here in the woods somewhere, right? So what I'm saying, the reason I'm saying that is relevant here is that, you know, we're using JSON objects every day, every, probably like once, several times per hour, right? Um, And we don't know what they are, but it doesn't mean that we're not using them, right? And so in terms of like the overall adoption thing, I don't think there's going to be a bunch of consumers who are relatively educated and saying, you know what, I want the higher standard. I think they're just going to look at other people and if their lives are better, they're going to say, well, what are they doing? Oh, they're doing this thing? And that I'm not doing, I think I'm going to do the thing that they're doing. And it just so happens that that happens to be the, the place where there's greater utility, right? Where things aren't locked down, right? Can you imagine what would happen if HTTP was proprietary? Welcome to the internet where dozens of websites so are essentially, like you. mass adoption right? comes when they do understand what an NFT is and they want it. And they move to where the other people are going, where things are not locked down. Do you think they can want the thing without knowing what the hell it is? That's essentially my whole point of this hour-long converse rant here. That Carlo DM'd me a minute before 1230 and said we don't have anything to talk about. You're not so supposed I to say that publicly. About this. I fired myself up about this. And a lot of really, really smart people say that offhanded and people kind of just repeat it. And I kind of like to take the opposite of that. So you guys were both, everyone kind of three, you know, Texas and Alpert too kind of gave great points. And I think we have a, a sharper understanding of the issue at least, or I've thought it through in a better way over this last hour. So thanks. And kudos to Ruben, because I think Ruben's analogy and the way he dropped it on us was great, almost like cross-examination where he very carefully set up the question 
And, and a show of hands, off. please. A very easy, just please a show of hands uh, who's come, come in contact with this. But that's the thing. Like, do we want them to just be users? Or do we want people to understand this culture and these ideas and the core values and learn from it and maybe have a network effect of the core values of this place as opposed to just more people using some tech to no real end? That's a debate. I think, I mean, it would be ideal. That's a great debate. You know, I love that the fact that we had nothing to talk about five minutes going into the show and then we just organically jumped into this. And I find that some of our best conversations tend to go this way. Um, we're definitely well, not going to settle today. Yeah, it's not even to settle, just kind of sharpen. Um, some shows will have guests. Some shows there's just legal news. I love the conversation we had yesterday when you took the lead and just gave a breakdown, almost outlined the issue. Um, so I think we're forming different types of shows that we could formats that we can always fill in. Yeah, I love it. This was a great conversation today. It is Friday, and we try to keep the vibes casual and low-key, and I think we hit on that. Um, nobody was injured during the recording of this, and we got ex-lawyer in the house. So I, I strike this one as a win, Jenko. Very cool. To everyone who joined us, thank you. As always, I want mass adoption of law. Yes, your homework is to onboard everyone. I want everyone. people to know that they're listening. Please make Jenko happy and onboard Grandma. Do a That's the closing remark for today. Yeah, we will. We're, we're, we will. I've been lazy. It's a it's a it's a lazy time of year. But um, we're, if we start building out a couple of po apps with and without guests, we can really find ways. Because in a year, it's going to be bigger, not just law line, but like everything that we're working on. So I'd love to have in the wallets of the, the early folks who are just always here, you know, half a dozen po-ops that we can always push back value to. So I think we need to just get on that. All right, Janko. I like it. Peace, Carlo. Thanks, Ruben. Thanks, Albert. Congrats on the bar. Have a great yes. weekend, everyone. Thank you. Axe, enjoy Vegas. Did you get grits? We uh, we um, we were going to go to Peppermill, but didn't get a chance. That's that's you're, you'll have to DM me your favorite breakfast place. But Peppermill has always been like my favorite bre- breakfast in mm-hmm. Vegas. Mm-hmm. There's some so nice I, diners. I think we're probably going to head there uh, tomorrow. But yeah, no, it's been a fun trip, and I haven't lost too much money yet. Enjoy. One good, two bad. <laughs>